90.7 KPFK, Los Angeles. Good morning, everyone. This is Eric Mann, the host of Voices from the Frontlines, your national movement building show, Wake Up and Smell the Revolution. Today's show, produced by Julian Lamb and I, will start with Amy Goodman's terrific commentaries and headlines. After Amy, I'm going to sing in the still of the night. We're going back, folks, to my youth. After that, we're going to have a really great interview with Barbara Lott Holland. For those of you who attended, it was historic. For those of you who don't, there'll be a lot of different ways to hear it and see it. But we're going to play Barbara Lott Holland's opening to the film Bus Riders Union and our present campaign for no police on the buses and trains, 500 community conductors, 1,000 new compressed natural gas buses, 2,000 hours of additional bus service. And for the MTA to recognize the Bus Riders Union as a class representative, an amazing film by Haskell Wexler, an amazing presentation by Barbara Lott Holland. Then, just in case you want to hear more of me singing, or I did, I'll be singing along with the Marvelettes, Please Mr. Postman. Then I'll be making a commentary on the Democrats' disastrous efforts to prosecute Donald Trump and how that's going to contribute to further fascism. With that, let's listen to the headlines from Amy Goodman. Welcome to Democracy Now!, democracynow.org, The War and Peace Report. I'm Amy Goodman. Former President Donald Trump is expected to turn himself in today to face criminal charges in a New York City court. The case stems from hush money payments Trump made to adult film star Stormy Daniels days before the 2016 presidential election, just days after the release of the infamous Access Hollywood tape in which Trump brags about sex sexually assaulting women. While the indictment remains sealed, Newsweek's reporting Trump will face 34 felony counts for falsifying business records. He is the first former U.S. president to ever be criminally charged. His arraignment hearing is scheduled for 2.15 p.m. Trump's supporters, including far-right Georgia Congressmember Marjorie Taylor Greene, are expected to rally outside the courthouse as head of those protests. New York City Mayor Eric Adams issues control your home, not a playground for your misplaced anger. We are the safest large city in America because we respect the rule of law in New York City. And although we have no specific threats, people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is known to spread mis misinformation and hate speech, uh, she stated she's coming to town. After his arraignment, Trump's expected to fly back to his Florida Mar-a-Lago estate, where he'll speak publicly tonight. We'll have more on Trump after headlines with Pulitzer Prize-winning investigative reporter David K. Johnston. The government of the Philippines has announced the location of four new U.S. military bases. The sites will be on the island of Luzon, facing north towards Taiwan and on Palawan, near the disputed Spratly Islands in the South China Sea. This comes after the Biden administration in February reached an agreement with the administration of Philippines President Ferdinand Marcos, Jr. to give the U.S. access to the military bases amidst rising tensions between Washington and Beijing. Protesters have condemned the move, demanding U.S. troops leave the Philippines. 
Syrian state media reports two civilians were killed overnight as Israeli missile strikes hit the capital, Damascus. Video of the attack appears to show a defense system hitting several targets in the sky with audible explosions. It was reportedly the fourth attack by Israel and Damascus in recent days and followed the deaths of two Iran-affiliated fighters in, Iran in an airstrike Sunday. In Tehran, thousands of people gathered at a funeral for the two men earlier today. This is Hossein Salami, commander-in-chief of the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps. I will say one thing. We will definitely take revenge. In Russia, Wall Street Journal reporter Evan Gershkovich has filed an appeal after he was arrested last week and charged with espionage. He faces up to 20 years in prison if convicted by a court in Moscow. On Sunday, Secretary of State Antony Blinken said he'd spoken with Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov about Gershkovich's case, as well as that of another imprisoned American, Paul Whelan. Florida's Republican-controlled state Senate has approved a near-total ban on abortion. The measure, which is backed by Republican Governor Ron DeSantis, prohibits abortions in most cases after just six weeks. During a floor debate in Florida's state Senate Monday, Jacksonville Democrat Tracy Davis condemned the bill as an unprecedented government overreach into the lives of women and shared her own story of having an abortion. I refused to have anyone make me feel ashamed and to not acknowledge it. And no woman should have to feel ashamed because she decided to have an abortion. But now we're talking about a six-week abortion ban. And you've heard it from many women on this floor. Most women don't even know they're pregnant by the time they're in the sixth week. On Monday evening, at least 11 people were arrested at a pro-choice protest that erupted outside Tallahassee City Hall. Among those taken into custody were Florida Democratic Party Chair Nikki Freed and State Senate Minority Leader Lauren Book. In Tennessee, thousands of students in Nashville walked out of their classrooms Monday and marched to the state capitol, demanding lawmakers pass gun control legislation, including a ban on assault weapons. The action came one week after a shooter killed three adults and three nine-year-old students at a private Christian elementary school in Nashville. Meanwhile, Tennessee Republican leaders have removed three Democratic lawmakers from their committee assignments for participating in peaceful protests following the mass shooting. On Monday, large crowds of protesters in the gallery of the Tennessee House of Representatives erupted in chants of fascists as members of the Republican supermajority moved to permanently expel Democratic representatives Justin Jones of Nashville, Gloria Johnson of Knoxville, and Justin Pearson of Memphis. This is Representative Justin Jones. Each of us represents 78,000 people, and our people are being silenced because they're kicking us off committees. They're threatening to take a vote to expel us today. Um, our member ID badges have been shut off. Um, our, our representative ID badges have been shut off. Um, and this is not what democracy looks like. You know, we are elected to serve our constituents, and um, I'm the youngest Democratic lawmaker here uh, in the most diverse district. And by shutting me down, they're shutting down the, the voice of my constituents. Hi, this is Tim Broughton from Hollywood, California, and I have been an avid KPFK listener for more than 20 years now. I found KPFK during the build-up to the Iraq War as I was searching for news and information that supported my worldview at the time, something corporate mainstream media never offered me and never will. 
KPFK offers a wide range of programming, a little something for everybody. But for me, one of the crown jewels of KPFK has to be Eric Mann's Voices from the Frontlines. No corporate, neoliberal BS here. Just intelligent and informative conversation about topics and issues facing our city, our country, and the world. So to keep this type of programming on the air, I encourage everyone listening to take the time to donate and donate generously to this great radio station to keep independent media alive. You can donate online at kpfk.org or by calling 818-985-KPFK. Thank you, KPFK, for everything you do. Still of the night 
in the still of the a pretty historic, no, a very historic event. We began with the showing of the film Bus Riders Union by the amazing cinematographer at Haskell Wexler, who was a friend of the Strategy Center. And he spent three years with us making a film so good that it was submitted for Best Documentary for the Academy Awards. It was not nominated but it was of the quality to be nominated. So we had 100 people who came to the Strategy and Soul Movement Center. We had a phenomenal program led by Julian Lamb, who led us up, Barbara Lott Holland, who gave a talk about her life as a consciousness-raising experience. I gave a talk about the significance of Haskell Wexler, then we saw the film. Then we had Channing Martinez, who spoke about all the demands of the Bus Riders Union Urban Reconstruction Campaign, which Barbara will mention in her talk. Then we had Leanne Hurstman, who did a great talk about the significance of art and representation, where you make art about social movements and then you represent it back to the people making the history to encourage them to make more history. Then we had Patrice Collars, who was 10 years with the Strategy Center and went on to start a great organization for the rights of prisoners in the OA jails, was a co-founder of Black Lives Matter. And I finished up about the idea of the Strategy Center as a center for counter-hegemonic institution building. So today, we're going to play the talk of Barbara Lott Holland, which was a deeply moving talk that moved the whole audience and I hope it moves you. And if it does, call 818-985-5735. Contribute in the name of Barbara Lott Holland, a black woman from South Central who went from a bus rider to the Associate Director of the Labor Community Strategy Center. welcome you to the Labor Community Strategy Center's Wow Soul Theater, this movement center. My name is Barbara Lott Holland, and I am the associate director here. And I want to talk a little about the journey that got me here. I have been on a 25-year journey of developing into a conscious organizer. I have a conscience, but what kind of conscience? I don't know. I just heard the word and I thought I knew what it was. But thanks to the Strategy Center and the leadership of Eric Mann, the Strategy Center saw something in me that I did not see in myself. 
And I'm so appreciative of that. The ability of being an effective leader. I mean, that's the difference between being a leader and being a leader. But effective leader. Being brought up in a Southern religious background, leadership was always awarded to the men, unless the leadership of the kitchen. The kitchen, not the whole house, but the kitchen, you got it. And even after moving to Los Angeles and working, even in the workplace, men were still dominating that leadership role. I could only achieve a minor role. And that was after jumping through hoops, pulling myself up by this bootstrap that I kept looking for. I never really could find it. <laughs> but I kept looking for it. I was never encouraged to be <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> I was never encouraged to be a but that changed when I came to the strategy set. I had self-esteem, but what to do with it, how to really make it pop out. That's a new word for me, pop out. <laughs> <laughs> My journey here began at the strategy center when they asked me, they asked me, I didn't ask, they asked me to be a part of the highest leadership body of their volunteer organization, the Bus Riders Union. They asked me to be on the planning committee and replace one of the members that had to leave because of medical issues. I was impressed and overwhelmed, but hell yes, I <laughs> Yes, it took me three buses and two hours of transportation from my job, but I was here faithfully every Wednesday night. But it didn't stop there. They encouraged me to run for an official membership on the planning committee at the yearly voting, which was done at the monthly membership meeting. Well, I was like, wow, I, I, I've been to the meetings, yes. But it even just stopped there. I mean, this was real training. I had to write a speech. Okay, good, write a speech, give it to the voting members. Oh, no, no, no. Then I had to stand up in front of the membership and explain to them <clears throat> why they should vote for me at the planning committee and why I wanted to be on the planning committee. Whew, okay, I was nervous. But I did it because I wanted to. I did it because I wanted to. And in the early elections that began to vote, that was really something different. From then, I went on to co-chair the monthly membership meeting, another step in that development, keep encouraging me, keep pushing me on. And from there, to speaking at the MTA board meetings, well, improving my public speaking skills to represent, I went on to represent the BRU in local, uh, in local events nationally, and even international forums. I represented the BRU at the United Nations World Conference on Sustainability in Johannesburg, South Africa. 
went on to represent with the BRU in the Strategy Center at the UN's Climate on Climate Change in Paris. This was me. Who would have thought it? I never would have thought it. I mean, the UN, that was something, you know, you saw in the movies, you know, you really <laughs> wasn't really a part of you. And all of this came from a black woman from the hood without a college degree, but the backing of a great organization, the Strategy Center. At each one of these steps, I was guided and supported by black women, Latino women, Asian Pacific Islanders, and even some white anti-racists. Yeah, how about that? Tonight, just briefly looking at my own right to self-determination, which was a word and a phrase that I learned here at the Strategy Center not only for myself, but what it meant for the black nation, any nation of people to have the right to self-determination. I came to the Bus Riders Union Strategy Center like a sponge, wanting to soak up everything, afraid, understanding at the same time, ready to challenge everything that I had learned and to relearn it again. I came here, as I said, of a religious background, but for me, God didn't want me to just pray, but to fight for freedom, yes. because it was not coming without a fight. Yes. Freedom is not free. Yes. To me, not only will I put it in God's hands, but use the hands and the voice that God gave me That's to right. fight for it for myself. Woo! Right. Yeah. You know, God gave me the speaking to fight out against the atrocities that the indigenous nation fought since 1492. And then the black nation had to fight against the U.S. since before 1619. These were things that were cloudy to me in my growing up, almost limited to non-existent at all. I have come to see and understand for the first time what internalized oppression looks like and feels like, and the power that I had in me as a black woman. To what I see and understand either in the form of demonstration or horrible living conditions was not something for me to be embarrassed about, but it was an act of resistance and in struggle. I no longer wanted to say, oh, just put it in God's hands. You know, leave it alone, just put it in God's hands. Oh, hell no. <laughs> those days are over, those days are over. That's why we say now, stop the MTA's attack on black passengers. No weapons of mass destruction in our schools or on our streets. A woman is the only one that has the right to determine what I do with my body. This is why I believe and say that all women should have the right to full reproductive justice.
an ally of the global south and to acknowledge that I live in the belly of the beast. How often have we heard that? I have the right and the responsibility to fight for the, the self-determination of all people. And that's something that makes me feel good about myself. Mm -hmm. The acknowledgement that the U.S. is the, one of the biggest pollutants in the world and all over the world. That is why we're calling for no cars in L.A., something I learned at the World Conference on Sustainable Development, climate change. To be a part of the Strategy Center is like a lifeline to the development of my consciousness. I am working to build the Strategy Center and the Soul Movement Center, Film Theater. I'm also looking forward to expanding our partnership with you and your organizations and even those that we have yet to meet. I would love to meet all of you, at least a few that I haven't met already. I've been all over the place tonight. But we are fighting, fighting the racist, anti-black gentrification corrupt LA Metro. <laughs> We're fighting for a first-class bus system for the third world people. We are the third world people. Hello. Admit it. It's a good feeling. Yes, we are. We weren't, you know, come on, our history is not here. We were brought across the water. No police on buses and trains hire 500 community conductors instead of police. Yes. Two million additional service hours. Two million. So the damn bus can come on time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. Why not be able to wait 30 minutes for a bus? Come on. A thousand new zero emission buses. No cars in LA? Yes. Stop the drought and the famine in Africa. Stop the MTA's hostility and the corruption treatment on public uh, transportation and the way they treat us at MTA meetings. I was talking to one of our guests tonight. She was talking about, you know, she never could come to the MTA board meetings because they were always at a time that people were working. How about let's change in that? How about let's change in that? So the MTA meetings must be in, uh, in, in person. So again, I want to close and thank you. And I am Barbara Lott Holland, and I approve this message. <laughs>
for just a card or just a letter Saying she's returning home to me They missed the postman Oh yeah Please, please, Mr. Postman Oh yeah This is Tim Broughton from Hollywood, California, and I have been an avid KPFK listener for more than 20 years now. I found KPFK during the buildup to the Iraq War as I was searching for news and information that supported my worldview at the time, something corporate mainstream media never offered me and never will. KPFK offers a wide range of programming, a little something for everybody. But for me, one of the crown jewels of KPFK has to be Eric Mann's Voices from the Front Lines. No corporate, neoliberal BS here. Just intelligent and informative conversation about topics and issues facing our city, our country, and the world. So to keep this type of programming on the air, I encourage everyone listening to take the time to donate and donate generously to this great radio station to keep independent media alive. You can donate online at kpfk.org or by calling 818-985-KPFK. Thank you, KPFK, for everything you do.
is how the Democratic Party is carrying out a malicious, ridiculous, trivial indictment of Donald Trump that's totally unprincipled is going to lead to the rise and further rise of fascism, which the Democrats have contributed to, and humiliate the Democratic Party in the eyes not just of the fascists, but any decent person who is not in on the CNN, CNBC, Democratic Party propaganda line. I'm telling you that this is going to backfire, and it will be an issue in the 2024 elections, and I believe it can contribute to the feet of Sleepy Joe go to war with China Biden. So look at what's going on. Is Donald Trump up on charges of overthrowing the government? If he were... I would fully support that. 
I don't like the word treason, but that's what it is, right? The armed, conscious overthrow of the government in spite of a clear electoral defeat. Instead, Stormy Daniels? That's what you got? That ain't an affair allegedly with somebody. He paid off somebody who paid off somebody. He paid off somebody. He is hush money. Stormy Daniels. And we're going to go to court over he said, she said. Now, if you're going to do that, you might as well bring in Bill Clinton, who had 743,000 affairs and paid off everybody. Do you understand that virtually everybody can be prosecuted in this country? There are enough laws to prosecute you and me and everybody else. Why bring a malicious prosecution against Donald Trump in the middle of a mass fascist effort to once again overthrow the United States government? So what's the indictment? Trump faces more than 30 counts related to business fraud in the indictment. CNN, parenthesis, Democratic Party TV has reported. The former president is expected to be arraigned in Manhattan Criminal Court next Tuesday. Timing of the appearance remains fluid. The investigation by the Manhattan District Attorney began when Trump was still in the White House and relates to a 130000 payment made by Trump then personal attorney Michael Cohn to Stormy Daniels in late October 2016, days before the presidential election, to silence her from going public about an alleged affair with Trump a a decade earlier. Trump has denied the affair again. Do you understand how many affairs Bill Clinton has had? Do you understand how payments he must have made? How many lies Hillary Clinton made to cover up for our philandering husband? And you want to prosecute Donald Trump for having an affair when he overthrew the United States government? A target in the probe has been the payment made to Daniels and the Trump Organization's reimbursement to Cohen. According to court filings, when Cohn faced federal criminal charges, Trump Organization executives authorized payments to him, totaling $420,000 to cover the original $130,000 payment and tax liabilities and reward him with a bonus. The company noted that the reimbursement as a legal expense in its eternal books. Trump has denied knowledge of the payment. I can go on, but are you vaguely interested? What's wrong? Have you no life? The man had a lot of affairs. He paid somebody off 10 years ago. This is serious stuff. I work in L.A. where black people are getting genocided. I live in L.A. where the bus system is falling apart. I go to MTA hearings where they're offering each other legal bribes in the form of billion-dollar rail contracts in your face, in the public eye. Hey, says one board member, I need a rail line in my district. Oh, says Mayor Garcetti, what a great idea. I make a motion that we give you $1 billion. 
All in favor? Wait, wait, Mr. Garcetti. I don't see a rail line in my district. Okay, I amend the motion to put a rail line in her district and a rail line in your district and to cut the bus service. This is legally bribery done in front of your face, and you don't care. We've been doing this for 32 years, but Stormy Daniels? It's wrong. Hunter Biden, and I don't want to follow his stuff, seems to be guilty of so many charges. Seems to be that Joe Biden could be indicted, and Hunter Biden can be indicted. Do you understand the slippery slope that the Democrats are getting into? You do not indict a former president of the United States because as soon as Joe Biden goes out of office, they can indict him. There is no constitutional law anymore. There is nothing. The country is falling apart at the seams. So let's just leave this as a catastrophic political mistake on the part of the Democrats. Trump's attorney is right. He says, what a joke. That's what you got? The Democratic Party wants to go after my client over what? I think there's a good chance he's going to get the charges thrown out for a million reasons, but even if he doesn't, do you understand that Joe Biden's political IQ is minus zero and Donald Trump's is 100 plus? He's going to knock this ball out of the court. He's going to get decent Democrats to say, why in the world are we doing this at this point? He's going to get the inflamed fascists to go into the street to defend a prosecuted president. The Democratic Party is morally, politically, strategically, and tactically bankrupt. But worse, it contributes to the rise of fascism. Drop all charges against Donald Trump. Free Donald Trump and all political prisoners. Tell Joe Biden to look in the mirror and start doing something for black and Latino people and prosecute people for overthrowing the government. This is Eric Mann. You can send me emails at eric at voicesfromthefrontlines.com. Color of the size, I've got to say, war. 
until the basic human rights are equally guaranteed to all without regard to race. This your war. Cause until that day, the dream of lasting peace, world citizenship, and the rule of international morality. Will remaining but a fleeting illusion to be pursued But never attained Well, everywhere is war This your war War in the East War in the West War up North War down South This a war The ignoble and unhappy regime that hold our brothers in Angola, in Mozambique, South Africa, yeah, subhuman bondage, yeah, has been doubled, yeah, utterly down destroyed. Well, everywhere is war. Thank you. 
troubles we don't need Oh no, oh no No more trouble We don't need Oh no, no, no No more trouble No more trouble I tell you what What we need is love To guide and protect the sun If you're up, look down from above Help the weak if you were strong We don't need no trouble Folks, you're listening to Voices from the Front Lines, your national movement building show. Wake up and smell the revolution. Where you can hear the music by Jocelyn, Danny Hathaway, and Bob Marley. This is a platform where your voice has a voice. Where the voiceless has a voice. But in order for us to keep bringing you these great shows and keeping the lights on here at KPFK, we need your support. We need you to call 818 818- 985-KPFK or go online to kpfk.org and make a generous donation. Skip that coffee, skip that breakfast, skip buying those shoes and, and, and give a contribution to KPFK where your money will help to support your voice and keep KPFK free. KPFK doesn't have to answer to any corporate business or organization out there that's involved in the capitalistic world where they get to dictate the terms of what a radio show can and cannot say, can and cannot do, or can and cannot present to you, the people. We want to keep it that way. So make your make your generous donation because that's how we keep KPFK free. KPFK is a liberated zone and we want to keep it that way 
but it's a struggle and bills need to be paid. Unfortunately, we live in a capitalistic world. And so bills need to be paid and KPFK needs your generous support. I know there's someone out there that can give a thousand dollars. I know there's someone out there that can give five thousand dollars. There's someone out there that can give five dollars. Every little bit count. Collectively, we the people can keep KPFK on the air. One of the ways we can do this, the best ways we can do this is by supporting KPFK financially. So please, we're asking you for your help. We're asking you for your generous financial help. Contribute to KPFK. 818-985-KPFK or kpfk.org. Go online, make a contribution. So please, folks, we know we have voices, listeners out there and um, show your support, show your love for KPFK, show your love for voices from the front lines, make that contribution. Let's keep KPFK free and let's keep KPFK on the air. Thank you very much. And it never gets old. All power to the people. Thank you.
This is Brad Friedman of the Bradcast, heard right here on KPFK, Mondays at 3 p.m. As you know, KPFK is corporate-free, listener-supported radio. But that means we need you to support our work and help drastically shorten our fund drives by joining the KPFK Sustainers Circle today. You can pledge $5, $10, $20, or any amount you like, automatically collected each month to help keep the broadcast and all of the other KPFK shows on the air. Please go to kpfk.org and click Make a Pledge to join the Sustainer's Circle and help keep KPFK's important, independent voices on your public airwaves. That's kpfk.org. Please sign up now. And thanks. You are tuned to listener-sponsored radio for all of Southern California, KPFK 90.7 FM Los Angeles, 98.7 Santa Barbara, 93.7 San Diego County, and 99.5 Ridgecrest and China Lake, and streaming online at kpfk.org. Your commercial-free radio station is in FunDrive. This is the first day, and we invite you to listen and support this radio station, non-corporate radio station. We are covering Trump's indictment on Democracy Now! on our morning programs. If this is important to you, call now at 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK, or pledge securely online at kpfk.org. Stay with us next for your favorite program, Tom Hartman. That's why you tune in. And support Tom by pledging at 